0: Long History, a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, part 2, Atlantic Islands. Hello and welcome to Long History, and here we're looking at a journal written about one of the most consequential journeys in history by one of the three most famous explorers from the European Age of Exploration. Columbus and Magellan were the other two, and Vasco da Gama's first journey, which we look at here, was between 1497 and 1499. Now this is long history, history to take your time over if you've enjoyed all those brief histories and want more detail. We take source documents from history and break them up into chunks of around 10 minutes or so. And this is eyewitness history so we give you the source documents themselves. We've covered many famous names and world changing events involving journeys by Magellan, Francis Drake, Sir Walter Raleigh, Columbus, Henry Hudson and more. So feel free to explore Long History's catalogue of episodes. This is episode 2 of a 15 part series about Vasco da Gama, so now's the time to subscribe to be informed of when those remaining episodes are released, and I'm sure the first episode is just a few clicks away if you want to start at the beginning if you haven't done already. In that previous episode, we were presented with an introduction from the 1898 book about Vasco da Gama and his voyage. He was openly compared with Columbus and Magellan, and was said to be high-spirited, indomitable, as well as an innovative explorer. In this episode the journal begins. De Gama and his crew pass island groups along the West African coast such as the Canaries, the Cape Verde Islands and St Helena. They even name the latter island with a name that has stuck to this day. Now just a quick note that you'll hear the word satel in this episode and satel is a copper coin from those times. So settle back or adjust those headphones and here we go with a journal of the first voyage of Vasco de Gama Part 2. Atlantic Islands A journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama in 1497-1499 to 1499. Please note that words and dates not in the manuscript will be preceded and followed by this sound. In the name of God. Amen. In the year 1497, King Don Manuel, the first of that name in Portugal, dispatched four vessels to make discoveries and go in search of spices. Vasco da Gama was the captain major of these vessels, Paolo da Gama, his brother, commanded one of them, and Nicolau Coelho another. Lisbon to the Cape Verde Islands We left Restello on Saturday, July 8th, 1497. May God our Lord permit us to accomplish this voyage in His service. Amen. On the following Saturday we sighted the canaries, and in the night passed to the Lee of Lanzarote. During the following night, at the break of day, we made the Terra Alta, where we fished for a couple of hours, and in the evening, at dusk, we were off the Rio d'Oro. The fog during the night grew so dense that Pablo da Gama lost sight of the captain-major, and when day broke, we saw neither him nor the other vessels. We therefore made sail for the Cape Verde Islands, as we had been instructed to do in case of becoming separated. On the following Saturday, at break of day, we sighted the Illa do Sal, and an hour afterwards discovered three vessels, which turned out to be the store ship and the vessels commanded by Nicolao Coelho and Bartholomew Diaz, the last of whom sailed in our company as far as the mine. They, too, had lost sight of the Captain Major. Having joined company, we pursued our route, but the wind fell, and we were becalmed until Wednesday. At ten of the clock that day, we sighted the Captain Major, about five leagues ahead of us, and having got speech with him in the evening, we gave expression to our joy by many times firing off our bombards and sounding the trumpets. The day after this, a Thursday, we arrived at the island of Santiago, and joyfully anchored in the Bay of Santa Maria, where we took on board meat, water and wood, and did the much needed repairs to our yards. Across the Southern Atlantic On Thursday, August 3rd, we left in an easterly direction. On August 18th, when about 200 leagues from Santiago, going south, the Captain Major's main yard broke and we lay two under foresail and mainsail for two days and a night. On the 22nd of the same month, when going south by west, we saw many birds resembling herons. On the approach of night, they flew vigorously to the south-southeast, as if making for land. On the same day, being then quite 800 leagues out at sea, we saw a whale. On Friday, October the 27th, the eve of St. Simon and Jude, we saw many whales, as also quocquas and seals. On Wednesday, November the 1st, the Day of All Saints, we perceived many indications of the neighbourhood of land, including gulf weed, which grows along the coast. On Saturday the 4th of the same month, a couple of hours before break of day, we had soundings in 110 fathoms, and at 9 o'clock we sighted the land. We then drew near to each other, and having put on our gala clothes, we saluted the Captain Major by firing our bombards, and dressed the ships with flags and standards. In the course of the day we tacked so as to come close to the land, but as we failed to identify it, we again stood out to sea. The Bay of St Helena On Tuesday we returned to the land. Which we found to be low with a broad bay opening into it. The Captain Major sent Pero de in a boat to take soundings and to search for good anchoring ground. The bay was found to be very clean and to afford shelter against all winds except those from the north It extended east and west and we named it Santa Helena. On Wednesday we cast anchor in this bay and we remained there eight days, cleaning the ships, mending the sails, and taking in wood. The river Santiago enters the bay four leagues to the southeast of the anchorage. It comes from the interior, Certan, is about a stone's throw across at the mouth, and from two to three fathoms in depth at all states of the tide. The inhabitants of this country are tawny-coloured, Their food is confined to the flesh of seals, whales, and gazelles, and the roots of herbs. They are dressed in skins, and wear sheaths over their virile members. They are armed with poles of olive wood, to which a horn browned in the fire is attached. Their numerous dogs resemble those of Portugal, and bark like them. The birds of the country likewise are the same as in Portugal, include cormorants, gulls, turtle doves, crested larks and many others. The climate is healthy and temperate and produces good herbage. On the day after we had cast anchor, that is to say on Thursday, we landed with the Captain Major and made captive one of the natives, who was small of stature like Sancho Mesilla. This man had been gathering honey in the sandy waste for in this country the bees deposit their honey at the foot of the mounds around the bushes. He was taken on board the Captain Major's ship, and being placed at table, he ate of all we ate. On the following day the Captain Major had him well-dressed and sent ashore. On the following day, fourteen or fifteen natives came to where our ships lay. The Captain Major landed and showed them a variety of merchandise, with the view of finding out whether such things were to be found in their country. This merchandise included cinnamon, cloves, seed pearls, gold and many other things, but it was evident that they had no knowledge whatever of such articles, and they were, consequently, given round bells and tin rings. This happened on Friday, and the like took place on Saturday. On Sunday, about forty or fifty natives made their appearance, and having dined, we landed, and in exchange for the satels, with which we came provided, we obtained shells, which they wore as ornaments in their ears, and which looked as if they had been plated, and foxtails attached to a handle, with which they fanned their faces. I also acquired for one satel one of the sheaves which they wore over their members, and this seemed to show that they valued copper very highly. Indeed, they wore small beads of that metal in their ears. On that day, Fernand Villoso, who was with the Captain Major, expressed a great desire to be permitted to accompany the natives to their houses, so that he might find out how they lived and what they ate. The Captain Major yielded to his importunities and allowed him to accompany them, and when we returned to the Captain Major's vessel to sup, he went away with the local people. "'Soon after they had left us they caught a seal, "'and when they came to the foot of a hill in a barren place "'they roasted it and gave some of it to Fernal Veloso, "'as also some of the roots which they eat. "'After this meal they expressed a desire "'that he should not accompany them any further "'but return to the vessels. "'When Fernal Veloso came abreast of the vessels "'he began to shout, the local people keeping in the bush. "'We were still at supper.' But, when his shouts were heard, the captain-major rose at once, and so did we others, and we entered a sailing boat. The local people then began running along the beach. They came as quickly up with Fernando Veloso as we did. And when we endeavoured to get him into the boat, they threw their assegais, and wounded the captain-major and three or four others. All this happened because we looked upon these people of men of little spirit, quite incapable of violence and had therefore landed without first arming ourselves. We then returned to the ships. So it began as quite a pleasant meeting between two groups of people. Vasco da Gama is clearly looking for trade opportunities, but then somehow, due to some misunderstanding or other, the scene descends into violence and the Portuguese regret not having gone on land with weapons. However, it's hard to discern any motives for this violence and all we hear here is one side of the story, so it's hard to reach any conclusions. Now as stated in the introduction, by sailing to the island of St Helena, rather than hugging the African coast, Vasco da Gama has already been innovative, but it's in the next episode, when da Gama and his men reach the African mainland and round the southern tip of Africa, reaches the limits of previous Portuguese explorations and it would be from that point that the Gama would open a new route to the Indies. So thank you for listening to the latest episode of Long History. I hope you've liked this episode, and if so, please do give it a like. If you know of anyone else interested in the Age of Exploration, please do share this episode with other people. Thank you for listening to Long History as A Journal of the First Voyage of Vasco da Gama, Part 2, African Islands. Goodbye.